All right, guys. It's a late night Hoops Nerd show. I'm tired, but we've got to do it. We've got to talk about that game. The Utah Jazz survive an impressive performance from Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons. It's the Hoops Nerd show. Alright guys, let's let's see. Oh, we've already got it up. Uh the Utah Jazz get a nice win over the, the Detroit Pistons, and this one was impressive. Uh you know what? We're not doing the ad read tonight. I forgot about it. I'm tired. I don't care. Uh big time game from Boyan Bogdanovich, who comes back to Utah, and also Alec Burks. I mentioned it on Twitter. It's weird to me that there really isn't anyone on this jazz roster that is connected to Alec Burks while they were in Utah. Uh it's just all just for jazz fans to see Alec Burks come black, come back and play really well. Kind of nice to see Alec Burks have a home there in Detroit and then to do what he did tonight to Utah. Pretty impressive stuff from him. Uh, Alec Burks always going to be one of those guys that everyone is going to root for from, you know, just once a jazz man, always a jazz man. And then I got to say, you know, this Detroit Pistons team, we all know how much they have struggled they're not a good team, but they play hard. And they've especially been playing hard these last two, three weeks as they've tried to get this win. If you'll you know, if you'll remember, they almost beat the Boston Celtics, who are arguably the best team in the NBA. And so they're a team that has played really hard, played really well. You shouldn't be surprised that they have big time nights like tonight. Now, they were hitting big time shots. Boyan Bogdanovich has come back from injury. I can't remember how long ago. He's only played 15 games this season. Um, and he just had an absolutely monstrous night. Shot 8 for 15 from 3. Let's see. I gotta make myself smaller. That's what we do here. It's a late night one, guys. It's up late on the Hoops Nerd Show. We got people here. Steve, JC to Triple Double. <laughs> we got you guys here. You guys are incredible. Part of this show this late. Uh, but 36 points for Boyan Bogdanovich, 31 for Cade Cunningham, and 27 for Alec Burks. And all on insane efficiency. Look at that. Burks shoots 5 for 9 from 3. Boyan Bogdanovich goes 8 for 15. And then Cade was just monstrous and still shoots 3 for 7 from 3. 12 for 21. The guy is incredible. 13 assists for Cade Cunningham fantastic he is just awesome and so if the detroit pistons had any sort of you know imp improved coaching they probably could turn these things around they just need more guys it's gonna have to be a big free agency for them but there's not gonna be a ton of guys super interested in going and playing for this detroit pistons team so they're in a tough spot we'll see what they do but you know you knew that Cade would be good. I think Asar Thompson is going to be absolutely amazing, um, but he just needs more minutes. And I don't know what their coach is doing. Uh, Monty Williams is not very good. I will say he uses Bojan Bogdanovic, at least in this game, better than what how Quinn Snyder used to use him. Uh, but anyways, it'll be interesting to see how they grow. I just, you know, I would think that you'd want to play Asar Thompson more, uh, play him at the two and have uh, Jaden Ivey playing guard. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't I don't know why some guy named Isaiah Livers is playing more than Asar Thompson, but you know, what do I know? Uh my <laughs> anyways, let's talk about the jazz. This is a jazz show. 
Um, let's just go down the line here. Uh, big time game from Jordan Clarkson. The Jazz don't win this game without Jordan Clarkson. Look at the line. 36 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. He was incredible. The shot making was amazing. Look at this. 4 for 5 from 3 from Jordan Clarkson. If he does not hit these threes and these shots, the Jazz literally do not win the game. He was amazing uh, and goes 10 for 11 from the free throw line as well. Baby Elliot Madsen, 199. My membership didn't renew. How can I renew it? Uh, go to the membership tab and hit join. I'm not quite sure, my man, but uh, go check it out on the join. And thank you for the donation. I appreciate it. So uh, go to there. If not, put a comment down there. If you can't figure it out, I'll send you the link. Okay. Um, but anyways... Jordan Clarkson was incredible tonight. He obviously hit that big time three at the end of the game. It was a crazy sequence where it goes Jordan Clarkson, big time three. Boyan Bogdanovich, big time three. Lowry Markinen, monster three. Alec Burks, miraculous three to end the game. Just incredible ending to this one. Just a fun game. If you were at the stadium tonight, great game to go to. I'm sure not a lot of people expected it. Cheap tickets, great game. Incredible. Uh, but we also got to just talk about uh, Larry Markinen, who has a nice bounce back game. 31 from Markinen, seven rebounds, a block shot. And you know what? He just hits those big time threes. And the three ball was falling again. Four for eight from three, 10 for 18 from the field. Just vintage Utah Jazz Larry Markinen game. Awesome, awesome to see. And so really nice to see Larry Markin have a bounce back game after he did not play well last game. So the Jazz get the points they need to win this one in what was the combined score, the most combined score from the Jazz since 1982. I think Ben Anderson tweeted that. And uh, so just an historic scoring game in, in Utah, 154 to 148, the most points scored in a Jazz game since 1982. Crazy to think they put that much points up in a game in 1982. I don't know what happened in that game, but it must have been multiple overtimes. Uh, anyways, Simone Fontecchio is becoming such a nice player for this Jazz team, and I believe his contract ends this season. The Jazz are going to have to re-sign him because he has turned out to be such a nice player for them. Tonight, he goes 6-for-11, 3-for-4 from 3. Big time shooting these last two games from Fontecchio. Four assists, seven rebounds. So he's doing a little bit of everything. What I'm loving from him is the drives to the basket. Fontecchio's big. He's got to be at least six, seven, six, eight. And that size he uses to his advantage. And so he goes to the basket. He dri He's driving past guys. He's using his size and scoring. It's nice to see. It's just a fun story to see Simone becoming this just really impressive player for the Jazz. Uh... He is contributing to wins, and it's on both sides of the floor. He, tonight, two steals. He's usually getting a block here and there. Just really nice for Fontecchio to show what he can do and how much he impacts the game on both sides of the floor. Uh, we already talked about Markinen, but just a monster three. And I love the confidence and swagger that Markinen has. I mean, that's so much of what makes a player a big-time player in the NBA is just knowing that you're a stud. And Laurie knows it. And he expects the ball. So, and he deserves it. You know, when you when you have Larry Markinen open within the offense and you don't get it to him, that's a mistake. Uh, John Collins continues to start for the Jazz and continues to put up numbers, but the plus minus there tells a little bit. I think the defense is just not quite there for him. But offensively, he does nice things for you. 
And with Chris Dunn starting, I think that's pretty much the story. I think as long as Chris Dunn is starting, I think John Collins is going to be the starting center just to provide a spread floor. Uh, puts up pretty solid numbers for the Jazz. Look at that. Three assists, four rebounds, 17 points. Uh, pretty decent stuff. The defense is not quite what you would hope it to be. He's undersized center, but he does spread the floor. And it's nice to see him knocking down some threes where he went 0 for 5 last game. Uh, Chris Dunn. Just 15 minutes tonight, probably not the most effective game from Chris Dunn. And just like we've talked about before, if you're not playing super effectively, Will Hardy's not going to play you long-term in that game. And so you can see why Chris Dunn plays just 15 minutes. But you know what? He's only a minus three, so it's not like it was the worst minutes out there. But the Jazz found better minutes in other ways, and that was riding Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Colin Sexton continues to be impressive this second half of this of all the games played this season so far, he has had such a nice turnaround for this Jazz team. And he had a nice night tonight. Look at this. 50% from the field, one for two from three, five assists, 25 points. I mean, the Jazz needed every point they got tonight to put up the 154. And Colin Sexton was a part of it, especially in overtime. Colin Sexton, in the beginning of overtime, makes two big buckets. Where you, And there's a nice thing to have someone like Colin Sexton on the floor who you know can actually go out in isolation and score. The Jazz play a, a, a much more winning style when they're moving the ball, playing hard on defense and things like that. But there still are moments, like there was tonight, where you have overtime and you need a player that can go out and get you a bucket, and Colin Sexton does that for the Jazz. So it's nice to have him on this team. He's definitely more of kind of a sixth-man style of play, but he's starting and playing well in that role, and it's nice to see, and it's nice to see the five assists as well. Uh, you know, th two players that really won this game for the Jazz, but we've probably got to talk about a third. Walk Lowry Markkinen, um, Jordan Clarkson, and then Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler impacted the game in a huge way. He was the best plus-minus in the team, and it comes from the defense. Walker Kessler has just turned the season around. He The first 12 games, he... Oh, baby Elliot Madsen is back at All-Star, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back. Anyways, Walker Kessler, the first 12 games of the season, he gets his... his arm nearly dislocated by stupid DeMontis Saboner and has to sit out multiple games. I think he had some, you know, in his own head type of stuff from Steve Kerr, a most overrated coach in the NBA next to Quinn Snyder. And he, he comes out and he has like figured it out. He is playing better. He is impacting games. To me, what I really liked watching him is just the demeanor. Sometimes, you know, I know body language sometimes doesn't mean a lot. I think sometimes it does. And what you were seeing from what I noticed, and this is my analysis, is just he had the demeanor of someone who was ready to be aggressive and dominate the game. And it was nice to see. There was a little nasty in this face. Whereas there have been games in the past where Walker Kessler has looked a little dejected and things like that. Yes, baby Elliot Madsen, two years and three months member. One of the OG members, baby. Yes, let's go, indeed. But anyways, Walker Kessler just looked like a guy that's ready to dominate games, and he's been doing it. When he is on the floor, he is impacting games in a big-time way. He's a big-time reason why the Jazz uh, didn't lose as many games as they probably expected to last year because he absolutely changes the game. I mean, look at this. Eight points, eight rebounds, six blocks. Just a monster inside. 
and you're going to just see him to continue to get more minutes. I think at some point the Jazz will start him. Although John Collins starting and playing with this unit and then having Kessler come off the bench, they're winning games. The Jazz, if we go here, in fact, let's just refresh Tankathon here. They do the best job with their standings. The Jazz are 7 and 3 in their last 10 in their last 10 and have won 3 in a row. They are now over Brooklyn and and now in the 11th seed. So all the way to convey happened, baby. Now, the next four games for the Jazz are really tough. They're playing Boston, Denver, uh, I think Philadelphia. They are. It is a brutal, brutal next four games. If they win two of those games, it is a massive success. If they lose all four, that's likely what's going to happen. I mean, you're playing the best teams in the NBA, and so we'll see if they don't drop back a little bit. But so far, the Jazz, this last uh, 12 games, have done what they need to to uh, convey that pick, which is what they want to do. Um, anyways, we talked to Jordan Clarkson. One thing I'm noticing, Keontae George, who I love, you all know how much I love him, he's playing a little backseat a little bit lately. And I think part of that is he's just letting, you know, Jordan Clarkson is absolutely on fire. And one thing I love about what Keontae George is as a player is you know, he knows he's a great player, but he is willing to uh, step back and let another player take over. And he did that with Jordan Clarkson in the triple-double game, and he does it tonight. Joshua Hansen, the Danish destroyer, coming in hot. $10, my man. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy New Year. Sorry if I already covered, but any trade news? I need to do a trade news video, you guys. I apologize. These last holidays, I was gone in Idaho for a lot of that and could not do video. But... Latest trade news is um, Boston is interested in, in Kelly Olynyk. Jordan Clarkson's on the trade block. So if anyone wants Jordan Clarkson, he can be had. Um, I think, you know, Jordan, John Collins is definitely on the trade block, which I do think is somewhat related to him starting. I think the Jazz are trying to show what he is and what he can do and that he is turned around his season with the jazz and i think they do want to i you know it makes sense big picture for the jazz to want walker kessler to play more because i think they'll win more games to be honest and then all the other thing that jazz likely want to do is get more minutes for taylor Hendricks. um so that's the latest trade news um we we have heard some podcasts i you know i should probably do a video about it. it's not really news um but two or three podcasts i've listened to have just talked about Oklahoma City and Lowry Markinen and wanting him and I doubt the Jazz want to trade him but the thing from Mark it was Mark Stein um Mark Stein Hoop Collective just kind of mentioned it but didn't say that's a rumor or anything like that and then there was one other um oh it was JJ Reddick's podcast talked about it but mostly it's conjecture what we do know about Lowry Markinen and the trade block is that other GMs are very interested in him and the thing that Mark Stein said that was interesting is that there are three, two, he said two to three teams very, very interested in trying to trade for Larry Markkinen. The thing that's interesting with Larry Markkinen is that we already saw OG Ananobi traded to New York. So that is one less big wing on the market. It basically leaves two wings on the trade market. Pascal Siakam, Larry Markkinen. Um, Pascal Siakam has a little bit of leverage because he's a free agent next year. So there's not going to be a lot of teams that want to trade for Pascal if they don't know he will 
re-sign with them. We know that Larry Markkinen likes Utah and wants to re-sign in Utah, but if the Jazz trade him, then he might be willing to to go somewhere else. But I think the Jazz are probably going to keep Markkinen because, you know what, if they can do a little bit of what OKC did with Shea and just rest Markkinen a little bit next year, I do think the Jazz probably don't want to win a ton of games next year. And if they trade all their vets, you know, Jordan Clarkson helped them win this game. Um, you know, if they trade Kelly Olynyk, he's a big part of what they do. He was a nice player tonight, honestly. If you look at it, three for five from the field, nine points, four assists, five rebounds, you're going to lose some games, but you are going to develop the young guys. And then as we know, next year in the draft is Cooper Flag. So it'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do. The Jazz also have cap space that they either are going to use to renegotiate Lowry's deal next year, or they will trade Lowry and probably bring in bad contracts next year if they are going after Cooper Flag um, or Ace Bailey or anyone who is in that next year's draft. I think Ace Bailey's in the next year's draft, or he possibly is in the following. I'm not totally sure, but we do know that Cooper Flag is in that draft. Uh, anyways, long-winded answer there. Sorry. Uh, Walker Kessler, I just... I'm personally just very proud and impressed by what Walker Kessler's doing. He has turned it around. At the beginning of the year, he there were articles being written. I think it was Eric Walden from the Trib talking about with with Markinen about how he's trying to find the joy in basketball. And I hear that and I think, man, he must have had a not a very fun summer. And Steve Kerr absolutely took the joy out of basketball for Walker Kessler. And I think he's refinding that and re learning who he is as a player. I'd like to see him continue to take those three-point shots because I think that's going to change him as a player in the future. Uh, if he can knock down corner threes at a at an average rate, then that changes everything about him. But in the end, what Walker Kessler is, is an elite rim protector, elite presence inside. Offensive rebounding is big time with him. You know, he gets uh, eight rebounds. Three of them are offensive really great really solid stuff and he just those are the things you want to see from him again and look at this the percentages are up the rebounds are up the blocks are up it's just he's turning back into the player he was last year when he was doing so well uh jordan clarkson we talked about i mean he really is kind of one of the core pieces of this team and if the jazz do trade him then, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, one thing I do, and we talked about it already, Keontae defers. And I think that's, he understands that Jordan Clarkson, you know, he is willing to let Jordan Clarkson take the ball. I think, I think at some point, I kind of, one of the things I'm noticing, and it's fun to watch the Jazz win. Tonight was a blast. And, you know, we should just enjoy Jordan Clarkson while he's on the team. And maybe they don't trade him at all. Someone has to give something up if they want to trade for Jordan Clarkson. Danny Ainge is not going to trade him just because. Even though it might be the better thing for the long-term growth of the team to develop Keontae George and things like that, Danny Ainge is not going to make the trade just for the sake of it. He is going to expect what he deems value for Jordan Clarkson. Um, and that may mean like a you know, Bill Simmons talks about Jordan Clarkson to the Knicks, and maybe that's something that happens. And by the way, did the Knicks win tonight? I didn't see. Uh, because that was kind of a big game. Anyways, sorry, I'm just curious. Uh, because we needed the Knicks to win. I think they were playing. Can't remember. Anyways, Danny Ainge is going to make that trade if they get the 
the value back. Bill Simmons mentioned the Knicks as someone who might be interested because he could replace Emmanuel quickly. And the Knicks have picks that they could give, give a, one of their first to Jordan for Jordan Clarkson. And I think Danny Ainge would probably take that because I think one thing that's going on right now is that Jordan Clarkson is kind of training wheels for this jazz team. He is a luxury in a lot of ways. And what it is starting to do at this point is kind of keep other players from playing, especially Keontae George. Keontae George needs a chance to lead the offense. And what I'm seeing, and maybe you guys can let me know if you're seeing anything different, but it really looks like it's the Jordan Clarkson show and and Keontae George is out there just kind of setting up Jordan Clarkson to do whatever Jordan Clarkson wants. Now, the Jazz won tonight, so it helps. It's good. It's okay. They're winning games, and what you want to do is win the game. But I do think come February, I think it's February 8th is the trade deadline. I would not be surprised to see Jordan Clarkson traded just because I think it will allow um, Keontae George and all these other players to play more minutes and, and have a little more freedom to do what they need to do. Now, the thing is, like we said, Jordan Clarkson helped them win this game. The last three or four games, Jordan Clarkson has been uh, absolutely amazing. He has completely turned his season around. Whereas, before, like, you know, the last three games aside, Jordan Clarkson was having his worst stati statistical season of his career. Now he's looking like the sixth man of the year again and honestly might be getting some consideration at this point because he's coming off the bench. He is absolutely torching second units and playing extremely well. So, you know, that's the conundrum the Jazz are in. And come February 8th with the trade deadline, the Jazz are going to have to make some pretty tough decisions because I do believe they really want to convey this pick. They want it to go to, to Oklahoma City because the Jazz don't want to have to worry about that anymore come 2025 and 2026 drafts. They just don't want to worry about it. And if they don't convey this pick this year to Oklahoma City, which they would now, look at that, 11th. The Jazz just need to be 11th. What, well, this is inverse because this is um, Tankathon, but they just need to be outside of the top 10 to give that pick to Oklahoma City because they don't want to lose their pick swaps. You know, if they are in, in 2025, 2026, let's say the Jazz, for whatever reason, have an awesome offseason and just get even better. Or maybe they get incredibly lucky in like 2025. Uh, you know, let's say the Jazz get top 10 and... I'm kind of rambling. It's really late. But let's say the Jazz fall into the bottom 10 again. Don't convey the pick. And let's say the Jazz hit on Cooper Flag next year. In 2026, the, the pick is top eight protected. And you go into 2026, I believe that's one of the seasons they may have a pick swap with one of their teams. I'm not totally sure. In fact, let's just look at it just to be sure because... Um, let's look at it. Uh, so we will go to Fanspo here. Let's say 2026. Uh, Utah will receive the most favorable of its 2026 first round pick protected. So there's these pick swaps going on. If the Jazz are in 2026 and they have not conveyed the pick this year, let's say they're, they get Cooper flag and they get a big time free agent of like a nice role player in free agency that fits perfectly with what they do. Taylor Hendricks is incredible, blah, blah, blah. And they're really good in 2026. And so you're excited about your pick swaps. 
Well, guess what? If you don't have your pick in 2026, you don't get the pick swap. And that's a big problem. What if what if one of those teams becomes horrible and you miss out on like a top five pick from another team, from Cleveland or, or Minnesota or whatever? Uh, I believe they lose that swap. So they really need to convey this pick. It was the worst, one of the worst trades ever that no one outside of Utah really knows about. But that trade that Dennis Lindsay did where he traded Derek Favors and a first-round pick to Oklahoma City to remove the contract, one of the worst trades ever made in the last 10 years. Just absolutely horrific trade that the Jazz are still paying for and may be paying for in 2026 if they do not convey the pick this year. You know, yes, you can get a top 10 pick in this draft, but we talked about this last show. It's not a very good draft. And if you're at like nine or 10, I can tell you right now, the better players will have gone at the top. And you are, you know, Taylor Hendricks is making 5.5 million this year because he was the number nine pick. That's 5.5 more million dollars the Jazz are paying if they pick at like number nine. It's exponential up to 10 at the one that's more cap space they don't want to use on that, especially when you consider the fact they likely want to renegotiate Lowry Markkinen's contract. So Utah is walking a tightrope this year. I do think that the Jazz, I mean, you know, it's based off of Danny Ainge going and scouting Cooper Flagg himself in person. Danny Ainge went to watch Cooper Flagg in Las Vegas for the, the showcase. I think they're going to go after Cooper Flag. I think this trade deadline, they are going to trade away. This is just big picture stuff. We talk big picture here. Sorry. I like it. They are probably going to trade everyone they can. Kelly Olenek, Jordan Clarkson. Um, you know, if someone really wants Colin Sexton, they could probably get him. In fact, I think it's been reported that he, I think Andy Larson made that report. And I think multiple people have said as well, Colin Sexton can be had if you want him. Um, and and basically everyone else outside of like of Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks, including Larry Markinen, if a team is willing to absolutely break the bank. Um, and let's talk about that. Do I think Larry Markinen is going to get traded? Probably not. In fact, very likely not. But it's not a zero percent chance. And according to that mark th that report from Mark Stein, there are teams that are going to try. And the price that has been put out there, this is reported by Jake Fisher, coming from other GMs that have been asking Danny Ainge, by the way. This is from other GMs that have talked to Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck. The price is five first-round picks or a mix of five first-round picks and young players. Believe me, I read that thing with a fine-tooth comb because I wanted to see. And uh, basically... I think that they might be able to get that. I think there might be a team out there willing to do that. And that team is likely Oklahoma City. The reason I think he is actually worth that is because of how he plays. Tonight, who was the big-time star of this game? Jordan Clarkson. But he plays with the ball in his hands. With every Jordan Clarkson took 20 shots tonight. Larry Markkinen plays off of him, still gets 18 shots, shoots insane efficiency, and the fact that a team like Oklahoma City, who, by the way, beat Boston recently, and Shea looked like the best guard in the NBA. He looks incredible. 
it makes someone like Lowry Marketing that much more valuable that you can go get him. He can come onto your team and he doesn't need the ball in his hands to dominate a game. So you can have your superstar like Shea is on the Oklahoma City Thunder or another team who has a heliocentric star like that. You bring in Lowry Markkinen and he fits like a glove. He fits perfectly. And on top of that, great rebounder, great size, great locker room presence, great guy. And he's going to knock down shots at a crazy rate. I mean, Oklahoma City has to be thinking about it. Because if you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you have, um, who's their rookie, their, I mean, it's his second year, but it's his rookie season technically. Uh, what's his name? I can't think. I'm too tired. Uh, Chet Holmgren. You have Chet Holmgren. You have Shea. You have Jalen Williams, who looks incredible. Uh, you bring in Lowry Markin and he can play off of those guys and just be lights out. And it makes their offense darn near untouchable. Like, how do you guard a team like that if you bring in Larry Markinen? And so the fact that he could fit in that team perfectly, they could give him a big-time contract as well, bring him in, give him the contract. I think Oklahoma City might try. Now, are they willing to give five good first-round picks to, to Danny Ainge and contracts to match? Because it might be Casey Wallace. I don't think they want to give Casey Wallace. And that is one player that... Uh, they mentioned on Hoop Collective that I don't think they want to trade. And is Danny going to demand someone like Kaysom Wallace and four picks? You know, I guess we'll see. Uh, I don't think the Jazz are probably going to want to take on Josh Giddy. No one knows what's going on with that mess of an investigation and situation. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. So uh, I I don't know, guys. Let me know in the comments. What do you think? Who's getting traded? Who's not? Is Larry Markkinen getting traded? Is he not? I personally don't think so, but I also would not be surprised. Crazier things have happened. Uh, let's see. Finally, we mentioned Kelly Olynyk in trade talks. Uh, he played awesome tonight. And then Ochai Baji hit a big-time three. It's the only shot he took, but it was nice to see him take that and make that. Two assists. Uh, I do like... Ochai Abaji just getting more, more minutes and, you know, seeing him develop is nice to see. And he's another player that in some ways is being hurt by all these veterans playing. It's really, that's really what is going to come down to this Jazz team and what they want to do. Are you going to make a decision on, are we, are we winning games? Are we developing? Can we develop and also convey our pick? It's a tough tightrope this jazz have this jazz team has to walk and maybe they wait to the offseason to make the trades. It's not like you have to, but guess what? If you want if you want assets for Kelly Olynyk, you have to do it at a trade deadline because he is a free agent next year. And there are teams out there that are going to be interested in Kelly Olynyk. Now, maybe you can do a sign and trade, that is something you could think about doing. It's very possible, but you know, it's much harder to do. Uh, but Kelly Olynyk, he falls off the books. Um, Simone Fontecchio, the Jazz have to be careful too because, you know, they... Simone Fontecchio is the type of player like the Miami Heat or Boston Celtics or a team like that, a smart team out there that does their homework is going to see someone like that and they can say, you know what? He might be worth 8 to $10 million a year to steal him away, you know? I could see the Jazz being very interested in giving him an 8 to $10 million contract and keep him because he's really good. Uh, and then, you know, 
they want to keep Larry Markin, and obviously you're going to be close to, if not all the way, to max money for him. And so all of a sudden, the Jazz are going to be in an interesting situation this offseason that they've got to figure out. And if you don't want to lose these guys for nothing, then you probably have to trade them come trade deadline. So it's going to be fascinating. We're going to cover all the up newest rumors as they come out. And you can bet now that we're in the new year, trade deadline's February 8th, which is actually, it's crazy. It's just a little over a month away. Things are going to get interesting. Woj says he thinks all these trades are going to happen on that day. So it may be a crazy trade deadline day for the Utah Jazz. Uh, we mentioned Taylor Hendricks. He didn't play. I would like to see Taylor Hendricks play more. And I actually do think once he gets more minutes, he's going to contribute in a nice way for this team just because of what he does defensively. The Jazz could really use it. And it would be fun to see him play next to Walker Kessler and see kind of what that looks like. So uh, really nice to see. Guys, guess what? I'm not going to do the, the pick tonight because why? The Jazz are conveying the pick, so we got to be happy about that. All the way to convey, baby. All the way to convey the pick. So what that means is it is now time to give a shout out to our All-Stars and big time shout out to Baby Elliot Madsen who has rejoined the All-Stars um, and Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel. Um, if you need help, put a, put a link in the comments. I know you were asking about that. I couldn't find your comment before to reply to you. So put a comment, I'll find it, hopefully. Had a lot of comments in the last video, so I'm trying. And that's not me trying to brag. It's just sometimes there's a lot of comments that I have to sift through, and I could not find it. So put it in there. All right, let's give a shout-out to the All-Stars. In fact, let's we have to re refresh this because baby Elliot Matson is back. All right, let's give a shout out to Baby Elliot Madsen, Dangerous Danger FC, Christian House Money to Haas, The Outlaw, Jesse James Nelson, Joshua Hansen, The Danish Destroyer. Thank you again, Joshua, for the donation. I appreciate it. Ryan Perry, The Legend, The Seekly Ricebe, The Man from Down Under, Yes, Jake C. Kane, See ya, Lexilator, Built for Tough, Alexander Tufts, Jorge Arrizaga, Mi Amigo de Abajo, Jordan the Go Best Roll, TGD Total Game Domination, Tyson Price, The Price is Right, Austin R. Grant, Editor Extraordinaire, JC JC to triple double baby uh Patrick Kubo the connoisseur and Robert Hall of Fame guys like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and I will talk to you next time